Welcome to Beyond Beauty, the Professional Beauty Association's podcast where we take a look inside the minds and hearts of the amazing artists in our professional beauty industry and really how you are making a huge impact in the lives of so many. Our very, very special guest today is Candy Shaw, and I feel like there's no introduction needed. I mean, no. there... <laughs> I mean, if you if you haven't heard of Candy Shaw in the industry, I don't know how that's even possible. Um, from the Bali Lama, Balayage, French cutting, a long history, a long storied history of family being in the industry. I mean, it's it's truly. You say you grew up in the industry. I say that too. My mom was a stylist, and so I just I love that, and I'm just so pleased that you have time for us today and are able to join us. I'm excited to be here, Leslie. Thank you to the PBA. Thank you to all of y'all for inviting me to share my story. So, I mean, first things first, and maybe, you know, how did you choose beauty? Or do you feel like it chose you? Or how did it come to be besides the fact that you literally grew up with a family in beauty? Well, I mean, obviously that was the biggest thing. My father being a world champion and growing up with hairdressing, my uncle, my aunt. I mean, it was a really, truly a family affair. But to be completely honest, I just gravitated towards it. Um, in high school, I struggled. I had a learning disability and my learning disability caused me to um, fail in classes. Mm -hmm. School that had a hair code. Uh, for boys. And so I would cut hair in the locker room and trade for math homework. And that's what I feel like I've said that a million times on podcasts, but that's really the true story. At 13, 14 years old, I was already being an entrepreneur, figuring out a way to pass class so I could pass school. And, you know, in Georgia, you don't have to go to beauty school. So I never went to beauty school and I never went to college. And a lot of folks, when they hear that, they're like, huh, how is that possible? But you know, I just, I loved beauty and I just was self-taught how I went about it. And then I moved away and, and was able to uh, really get some great education from some great mentors along the way. But really that's, that's how it all started. It was just really out of necessity. And now in what do you find most fulfilling working in the industry? Oh my gosh. I mean, selling happiness for a living is the greatest job in the that. world. I mean, it really is the greatest job in the world. I, I feel so fulfilled when I can take somebody from maybe feeling sad or, 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 you know, just not feeling their best possible version of themselves and, and really transform their lives. Um, you know, very few people in the industry have a license to touch, right? So, we have a license to touch a massage therapist and nail technician and an artist, hairdresser, a doctor, a nurse. Those are the only professions that really allow you a license to touch and to be able to actually uh, get with a, a guest and touch and feel and, and be a part of her beautifying process is just really quite a gift. In like this with this podcast we really like to dig into those moments when it is beyond beauty and have you had moments with your guests where yes it is about helping them look better on the outside but you just said something too that it it helps them feel different on the inside um can you talk about times where it 
it's really transformed someone in a very special way. Well, I can actually give you two, two instances. Um, one is kind of a sad story, but it's a very positive outcome about giving back in the industry. I actually lost a cousin at the age of 32. She was a colorist and she died of melanoma. And what that brought to the forefront of, of myself, my salon and our industry was now we became these, uh, this line of defense for early detection. And so me how to help guests find out things about their health that I never really realized. You know, when you touch hair, when you see scalps, when you see skin, you know, we, we are a first line of defense for a lot of things that they can't see. So in, in my career, my 40 year career, I have in many cases found, you know, basal cell carcinomas, things that are on people's scalps that have really saved their life. And I'm, I mean that literally, you mm -hmm. know, uh, telling them to go to see a dermatologist or, or, or noticing something different about their hair, their thyroid, things like that. You, you don't really realize how important your job is. It's not only selling that happiness and beauty, but also the health of what we do and why that is so important to really take someone's life into account and and always you know put their health and wellness first and now knowing all that you know now and what you've been able to accomplish what advice would you give to your younger self <laughs> well i would give to my younger self to get in the front row quit sitting mm -hmm. in the back of the room you know i i just taught a class this morning at a beauty school and it just blows my mind how the students there was 85 students they all came in and everybody took the back row and then the church. row before that <laughs> yeah. and then the row before that. Yeah. No, no, even in church, I'm in the Even in church, row. they take over. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to me, um, I would say to Candy, get in the front row, ask more questions, volunteer more, uh, stick your neck out, get your face slapped. You know, uh, I, I, I was just, too cool for school, right? Literally and figuratively. <laughs> but I just, I would say to your, myself, you know, you have so many opportunities to listen with the intent to learn. And I would say to my younger self, there are so many missed opportunities in my life when I was younger that I had no idea that it was right in front of my face. If I could dial back those years and just really have those opportunities to sit with some of these great iconic people of this industry who are now no longer with us and ask those questions, I would certainly do it. And what, what do you think have been the keys to your success? Because you, even if you said, you know, you sit in the front row and you had missed opportunities, but then people would look at you. I mean, I do, you look at you and think, oh my gosh, you're like the pinnacle, the epitome of success in the industry on so many levels. Um, what, are, what were the keys to your success or what are continuing to be the, the keys to your success? Well, I'm going to borrow a line from um, a, a great man by the name of John Paul DeJorian, and that is that successful people do what unsuccessful people won't do. Mm -hmm. And really what I mean by that is my daddy always taught me to work 12 hours a day every day, which is a half a day every day, which is uh, the keys to my success has just simply been grit. It's been hard work. It's been not giving up. It's been taking no's and turning them into yeses. You know, I often say, if you haven't told me no in this industry, you're probably a nobody. 
Um, and I literally took all the bricks that were thrown at me as a woman, as a, a girl with a learning disability, a girl that didn't have a college education or even a beauty school education. And I turned that into a, an empowerment of saying to myself, you know what? I can and I will and watch me. And that's really kind of been my catalyst for success is just knowing that I have all the odds against me and taking that and turning that into, um, into the freedom of owning my own time and owning what it is that I want to do with my life. And that's what I love about the beauty industry is it, it affords you to travel the world and to see the world and to do things you never knew possible. And quite frankly, you know, for me, it's, uh, I, I can't imagine doing anything but this. Um, the kind of a fun question, you know, you said you, you've been in beauty 40 years and that spans your career. Do you have a favorite decade for beauty in general, whether you were alive during the decade or not? Well, actually, when I read this question, when you sent it over, my mind definitely went right to the 80s. And the reason is because I have the biggest, curliest hair in the world. You and do. Most people think my hair what? is <laughs> I had, I mean, I had, you know, Michael Bolton would dream to have nice. my hair back in the 80s. And uh, so I loved the 80s. I thought it was amazing. Now, granted, there's more elegant times in our lives, you know, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. I look back on all that hair and love it. But I just thought the 80s were a really, uh, a time of, of, of real change, change in music, change in hair, change in dress. I mean, if you look back at the music now, even my own three children love to listen to 80s music. And uh, so for me, I, I would have to say the 80s because it was in Anything Goes. And I love the fact that was when people really started with self-discovery. I'm still floored by the fact that you have curly hair. <laughs> Have you seen my son, Jameson? Well, I, I, I had wondered where his curly hair came from, but now, yeah. now I know. I just, I've had, I've, I've just, as long as I've known you, you've had that beautiful, sleek bob and yeah, yeah. amazing. Well, don't go swimming with me because you're going to see something <laughs> completely different. <laughs> I love it. Um, so who has been the biggest influence in your beauty career? Well, it would have to be my father and, of course, my uncle and my mother. My mother was a makeup artist as well. So mm -hmm. uh, it would have to be definitely my dad. I certainly have a long list of people who have influenced my life. Uh, you know, and that word is used so differently now than back then. You know, when someone says to me, oh, Candy, you're such an icon. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You have to work your, your whole name you know, uh, I think it's kind of used and abused to be completely honest. You know, are you really an influencer, you know, from a from a standpoint of social media? I mean, yeah, you might influence in the moment, but let's face it, the forefathers of this industry and, and, and the women who paved the way for us, I really wish that the younger generation knew more about the changes that they they were able to instill um, in, for instance, in balayage, just from a cap to a foil to a balayage. I mean, the things that happen through scissors being long, scissors being short, blow dryers from sets, those types of things, that, that to me are the real influencers. 
the people who developed incredible products that were groundbreaking, uh, those types of things were the real influencers in our industry, uh, not just whether you have a lot of followers or not, you know, mm -hmm. and um, no offense to those who are making that happen, but are they really changing um, how we're doing things technically, you know, and that that's really a question I would always, I always kind of ask. And along those lines, what do you think, what is still missing in the industry or what do you hope to see and yet achieve in the industry that maybe isn't there yet? Well, there's, I'm going to answer that question from a business mind as well as a creative mind. My business mind would tell me the one thing that we're missing in the industry is for, um, for, for our lobbyists and for people to believe that hairdressing is a incredibly uh, lucrative business that has incredible earning potential. And so therefore the dollars that go towards uh, all of the grants and things that we're able to receive I don't, I don't get where our industry looks like we are, above, you know, below average, subpar uh, at at what we can earn and what we can do. Therefore, what that does is it is it um, stops these young kids who are innovative and want to go to beauty school from going to beauty schools mm -hmm. and getting a license because they they think it's just going to be, you know, a, a $15 an hour job for the rest of their lives. So from a business standpoint, I wish our industry had better respect. Mm -hmm. But from a creative standpoint, I think that I would say that part of the problem is us. And part of the problem is, you know, casual Friday has turned into Monday through Sunday. And unfortunately, you know, this next generations of, of, of people, you know, don't uh, elevate your beauty. You know, beauty is show up with your hair done, your makeup on, looking beautiful. You can't really sell beauty for a living if you don't look at it. You can't go to work in sweatpants and flip-flops and your hair on top of your head and walk in and just dial it in. And, and that's the thing that really bothers me. Uh, when I grew up in this industry, I mean, my father wore a tie to work every day. Now, granted, that's old school. I get that. But the, what I want to say to your listeners about that was it was just a respect mm -hmm. for your craft. And so what I think we're missing is we've got to we've got to polish ourselves up a little more and we got to try harder. So if you weren't doing this what other career do you think you would be doing well i would definitely probably be a teacher of some sort you know it's really interesting how being an educator and a mentor and a coach i mean i'm in the classroom almost every weekend and if i'm not in the classroom i'm online i feel the one thing i feared in my life the most was my teachers and now the irony is i am one <laughs> and so whatever it was that you know uh, and whatever i would go into in my life no matter what i think it would be to teach someone something because there is no price tag that you can put on the value of helping your brother and your sister understand something better and so I think I would probably be in some 
form of maybe I would be teaching in uh, high school or maybe I would be a counselor or maybe I would be, uh, you know, coaching others in some format in a corporate environment. Uh, but I, I love leadership. And so for me, I would probably be some type of leadership role. Maybe that's how, you know, your experience growing up led you to, into this like leadership and education path as well, because you understand how to help people understand in a way that maybe others don't and make it less intimidating to learn. Well, that's very true. You know, having a learning disability has been a true gift for me because it's made me uh, look at things from a different light. And it's, uh, it's actually taught me so much about empathy for people and understanding that we are all different and it's important to embrace those differences, uh, whether we get it in the first go round or it takes me 10 times to show someone. I, I feel like it's my moral responsibility to help those who struggle. And so you're absolutely right. I think no matter where I would have uh, landed, it would be somewhere in helping others who might be struggling. Awesome. And final question, what's next for Candy Shaw that you can share? I know some people are like, well, I can't share just yet. <laughs> oh, no, I'm an open book. What is next? Dinner. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, what is next is a lot more of what where I'm at. Um, I am certainly moving uh, in to more development of, of my products and branding and Sunlight's Balayage. Of course, teaching is my true love. Uh, being an educator is my true love. So I'll be doing a lot more of that. You know, uh, what's next is I've always focused on developing what's needed in the moment. You know, if you look and study anything about my brand or who I am, I really products as needed in the niche and then of the trend of the moment. Hence why balayage, which was something, you know, developing a lightener, it was like, my gosh, that was the caboose on the end of the train, right? <laughs> so why would anybody want to make a, a lightener look sexy, right? That's just the stuff that lightens the hair. It's the color that does the magic. Developing things that hairdressers need because I'm still at the chair. That's the thing that folks don't know about me. I still work in the salon. I still see guests. Um, Yes, I have an academy. Yes, I have a brand, but I have a 50 chair salon and I still work there. And so I'm always looking for, you know, what's the need of the next thing happening? And that's usually, um, you know, what I'm, I'm focused on and what's next. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing and for uh, just being so open and um, the words of advice that you have for the industry. It's just been amazing talking to you today and I can't wait to see you in person. Thanks, Leslie. And thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I, I really love and enjoy sharing my gifts with others in hopes that it can help them along the way.